Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Soft Skills Engineering. I'm Jameson Dance. And I'm Dave Smith. And uh, we're here to talk about everything besides the technical stuff that goes along with engineering. The everything else. Yep. So, how are you doing, Jameson? Uh, I'm doing well. I've got the like Tom Waits cold, which makes me sound <laughs> like Tom Waits. And that's it's a sweet. It's an enhancement. Yeah, it's not too bad. And I didn't have to like gargle vodka or whatever he does. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. I actually don't even know who that is. Oh, well, you sh- he, he sounds like, uh, how would you describe it? He sounds like the cookie monster. Like, like he sounds like death metal vocals, but if he's singing to jazz. Okay. It's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Jameson. Yes. Why, why are soft skills called soft skills and not hard skills? Oh, geez. Uh, some of it might be because of that, like, stupid engineer bias where everything besides, like, machines working together is boring and lame. So, like, the hard stuff is what's important because it's harder to do. I mean, mm. that's totally wrong, and that's why we're doing this podcast. But Or maybe is it because of hardware and software? Yeah, it could be that. Like your brain <laughs> is software stuff. <laughs> Meatware. Wet, so should, wetware. Call that, yeah, wet, oh, yeah, wetware. That's a thing, isn't it? Yep. They should call these wetware skills. Yeah, I think that's that's what we'll call it when we arrive at the cyberpunk future. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here at episode two, and uh, we've survived one week. Yep. It's great. So thanks to our uh, three listeners, including Jameson's mom. Yep. <laughs> it was really, really great to have you on the show with us. She said it was great. She re- she really <laughs> liked the show. <laughs> great. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Dan. <laughs> so I had one piece of feedback from our first episode from a listener named Evan Ferrer. And um, you may recall that last week's show was about, one of the questions we answered was, how do I know if I should... Uh, engage in an opportunity to like join a startup or something or my friend has a crazy business idea and wants me to join right Mm -hmm. and Evan said that he wished we had mentioned one thing and I want to share with you what he said he said uh, I hoped that in the answer to the first question that you would point out that sometimes people expect that their only contribution to a new company is coming up with a killer idea and that you will then do all the work and put in all the time and they will keep a sizable portion of the company lots of people have killer ideas they're a commodity so, so says Evan. So thanks, Evan, for that. What do you think about that, Jameson? Do you think he's right about that? Yeah, I think he's totally right. I, I guess my assumption was that this person would be in it for the long haul with you. But if they're just like, yeah. uh, hey, no one's ever thought of Craigslist, but only in my small hometown. And <laughs> you go build that, then then that's kind of like, yeah, obviously you don't want to work with that person. Yep, totally agree. So thanks for that, Evan, and thanks for listening. Yep. So, uh, you may have noticed our format from last week. We take questions from you and answer them on the air. But uh, I think Jameis and I would like to take a minute and just tell a little bit about ourselves. Um, uh, so, you can know, like, whether... I don't even know. Like, maybe we're just a couple of guys off the street with ideas. But, you know, we have a background in this stuff. And maybe it's worth sharing. Sure. So, I I kind of came late to software. I didn't start programming until my sophomore year of college. Um, just on the recommendation of a friend. So I wasn't one of those wonder kids with a calculator building games at age seven or something. Um, but I've been doing it for almost 10 years now. Uh, I've worked at a few different places. I've, I've been just kind of a team member. I've, I've led teams. And uh, right now I'm working at a place called Kowali where I build open source education software with, with a small team of other people. 
that's kind of my background. Cool. I have a pretty similar background. I got into programming actually my sophomore year of college as well. Oh, cool. But that was a like different, 85, yeah, 85 a different years. year. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been working in the industry since 2003. Uh, worked on, I've worked for basically four companies since that time, varying amounts of time at each company. Um, I've been a team lead. I've been. Uh, I'm currently the director of engineering at HireVue. Got about uh, 30 developers and a dozen or so QA people, uh, whose efforts I'm responsible for coordinating and serving. So I've, uh, you know, not been around forever, but certainly not uh, fresh blood, as they would say, right? Sure. No, fresh meat. That's the right term. Isn't Fre- it? Fresh blood. Sorry. My- <laughs> as the vampire development community yeah. calls it. My soft skills are not that strong, basically. <laughs> Part of soft skills is using the right words. Okay. So why don't we start with our first question, James? Yep. I'll kick it off. So the question is, I work on a team and I am not the team lead. I have lots of ideas for how to do things better. How can I influence my team without being the team lead or without stepping on his or her toes? Hmm. This is a really, I assume this is a really common thing because there are, there are fewer team leads than there are team members. So, so this applies to a ton of people. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and good for you, by the way, for having ideas for how to do things better. That's great. Yeah, that's true. I, I have been guilty of being just like the, lump of inner Mm -hmm. metal that just like sits in his chair and is like Mm -hmm. man it sure sucks when we do this too bad there's nothing i can do about it yeah yeah i'm totally (laughs) helpless i'm just along for the ride yeah yeah so that's cool uh my first thought is a propaganda campaign (laughs) with um like that obama style hope (laughs) hope and change hope and change (laughs) and unit tests is what maybe your slogan (laughs) could be <laughs> and you just post them up around the office and then maybe you start some rumors like wow that that Mary person she's got ideas have you seen the posters that not her <laughs> that, that someone besides her put up yeah Mary definitely didn't make those yeah <laughs> uh, that's a great that's a terrible idea Jay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I've, I've set the bar poster. low what, what do you got that could top that so uh, I've been a team lead, and I have to tell you that as a team lead, I love I love it when people come to me with ideas for how to do things differently. In fact, every team I've been on, I will ask this question repeatedly, like, hey, what can we do better? And currently, um, I meet with uh, about a dozen different engineers in monthly one-on-ones, and I always ask them, like, hey, what can we do better, faster um, at our company? And, and I've actually been recently asking questions like, if we could tear down the whole organization and all the process what and build it from scratch like say you're supreme leader for a day how would you build it and it's actually very rare that people have ideas when you approach them that way so when people come to me out of the blue without being prompted i love it and i think the best thing to do when you have ideas like that is to go to your team lead privately and say look i you know be respectful of the position that they're in um, don't undermine them. And, and especially like if you're sitting in a team group setting, don't like say, well, that idea is really dumb, you know, or like our team lead doesn't know what he's doing. Um, those can be really undermining and toxic on a team. So the best thing I've found is you go to the team lead privately and say, Hey, I love what's going on in the team. I love being on the team. And I have a couple of ideas I want to share with you that I think will make it better. And I think most people will respond very well to that. Yeah. I, I know that when I was a team lead, I, uh, one of my big fears were that people were just silently unhappy with the way things yeah. were. Yeah, me and, too. And they were like, man, this Jameson doesn't know what he was doing if he only did this thing. Like, tell me mm-hmm. that thing. I would love to mm-hmm. know what that thing is. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, one, so uh, another, since I'm the person that says the dumb things, another bad way to do this is just like stick it in. So we, we talked about like kind of just jamming react into your project last time. And if your idea is use react, uh, uh, again, a bad way to do that is just use react and submit a pull request. It's like, uh, here's this feature. I hope you don't look at the package.json because it changes stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because doing that in uh, kind of not a systemic way can often lead to just half-baked ideas kind of scattered around the code. Mm -hmm. And that makes it harder to understand than if you had just one core principle, even if it might not be the the best way to do it. If you're consistent, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. value in that. I agree. And also when you sneak an idea in, it can really backfire because your idea carries along with it uh, people's opinions. So like um, if you approach someone and say, I'd like to try this idea and then they get on board and you try it together, even if it's a terrible idea, somehow those ideas will um, go farther and do better. Whereas if you sneak it in, even if it's a great idea, um, you sneak it in and you kind of go around the team, the team is likely to reject your idea, yeah. even if it's the best idea oh, ever. Oh, I have that that exact thing happened. So um, this was at my I would call it my first real job. I was working with someone who is very smart, who I respect and and uh, has influenced me a lot today. And this person was way into functional programming before I was and was mm-hmm. all about Haskell. And 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 they kind of just like took a feature and, and totally wrote it all themselves and it worked great. Uh, but the code was, it was in JavaScript, but it was completely like all in on functional programming, currying mm-hmm. everything, partial mm-hmm. application everywhere, mm-hmm. um, all these concepts that I wasn't familiar with at the time. And the team just got so mad at him because uh-huh. uh, it, it wasn't like, a here's, a here's some cool ideas we could try. It was like just this code bomb in our laps and then we kind of had to maintain it later. And every mm-hmm. time we didn't understand it, we just raged, which was not a <laughs> good way to deal with it. But yeah. Yeah, but and any new idea is going to have downsides, and if you're not bought into the idea, you're going to hate it that much more yep. when you see the downsides. So, and the hate might sometimes trickle over to the author. Yeah, of the idea, and that's when things go really bad. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I mean, I think functional programming is a good idea. It has lots of new concepts, though, and and a, a bad way to introduce them is to just like airdrop them on someone and then say, <laughs> "Good luck looking up what." This function does because incoming. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, That's so bad. Yeah, so don't do that. Even if it's a fantastic idea in your mind, also you might be wrong. You just might be wrong. It might be a bad idea. Yep. Right. Uh, which is why I like to, whenever I propose a new idea to the, to the team, I like to also include an escape hatch, and that's a metaphor. But I say, look, team, I want to do this idea. If it doesn't work out, here's how we're going to bail on this idea. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so for example, uh, I want to try Kanban instead of Scrum. Um, you know, maybe we're like a hardcore Scrum shop and I say, I want to do Kanban instead. And I, so as an escape hatch, I'll say, let's try Kanban for two weeks only and limit it. And then I'm going to schedule a meeting after two weeks where we can assess whether things are going good. Um, and I usually would, as a team lead, you could just do that. But as like a non-team lead, you'd need to go to the team lead and work that out. And then let the team lead bring the idea to the team. Um, I, I think it's actually really important that you respect that that like authority. And I, I'm not like a huge top-down uh, kind of guy. Like I like ideas to trickle up from the bottom. But for some reason, these ideas 
tend to work better that way. So anyway, escape hatch after, you know, a couple weeks or if it's a code thing, um, you can say, well, here's, here's our plan to get out of this if it goes bad, you know, always include that. And then I think the team is more likely to go like, all right, and get behind the idea and really rally if there's an escape hatch and they don't feel like they're going to be stuck. Sure. Um, one more thing I'd uh, probably consider if I were doing this is that um, there's always a cost to some idea. And the, mm -hmm. the cost might just be the education cost or the cost of changing the existing code to match it or something. Sometimes when you get really excited about something, um, it can be hard not to be zealous about it where, where you just see it as the pure good and there's yeah. nothing wrong with it and there's no downside. Um, mm -hmm. but, but there is some downside and, and just yelling like, but this is better. That won't really solve anything. Um, so, so you need to recognize that there are still trade-offs associated with it, even if the trade-offs are just teaching everyone the new, better way to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, best case, that's at least there, right? Yep. Totally. Yeah. Um, the other idea I had on this one was when you're, when you're bringing a new idea to your team, um, it's really important to separate your ego and your own self-worth from the idea. So that way the team is free to reject the idea without rejecting you as a person. And so I found a few phrases I, I use to help uh, go through this process. Like whenever I pitch an idea, I'll like try to say, look, I'm not married to this idea. Um, you know, and I say that up front so that people know, okay, if it's a bad idea, they can share their reservations with me without feeling like they're going to hurt me. Um, and that gives people permission to be honest. And I think that helps a lot. So you can say things like, I think this might work. I think it might be pretty good. Here's my case for it. It might not work. I'd like to try it out and see if it could be good for our team. Right? So those kinds of phrases are much better than, hey, this React thing is way better than this uh, backbone thing we're doing and we need to do it like right now, you know? Because then it's like, well, you're the React guy, you know? Yep. You're tight, you're married to that idea. And if we reject that idea, we reject you. And no one really wants to be the rejector. Yeah. So separate your ego from the idea. Yeah. Um, oh, I, ha I had a thing I was going to say and it's gone. Ooh, that's a good technique. Wisdom was Stall? lost. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was oh, it about God. hope and change? No. <laughs> okay. Not not directly. I mean everything I say indirectly is about is about hope and change. <laughs> oh so I, well, I, I have know. one more. It's gone. Um I have one more idea on this topic. And yeah. I, I'm all out. Share. I'll, I'll, Maybe as I'm talking, your idea will come to you. I hope so. So when you're proposing change or new ideas to a team, team lead or to a team, um, I found that it's best if you can do so in bite-sized chunks. And, and this goes with the escape hatch idea. But you say, um, I want to try this in a limited fashion. I want to do like a prototype. Um, I want to build something small or do a small feature this way or, or just say, I want to have just a few people on the team do this new process. Whatever the idea is, make it small and, and bite-sized. Don't force the team to go all in on your new idea because then uh, when you go all in the risk level goes way up right and so if you fail it can be like a catastrophic failure instead of just a small failure there's this awesome quote from uh oh is his name kent beck the agile guy uh -huh. he said um uh, even the most uh catastrophic plane crash is not so bad if you aren't that high on the ground off the ground and i'm totally paraphrasing that but basically he's saying you can crash the plane if you're only three inches off the ground, it's not going to hurt, right? Your plane can crash. And so if your idea crashes and burns, but you only really got a few feet off the ground, then no big deal. Sure. So I would say that. So instead of listening 
to what I'm sure was a great point you just made. I was thinking about my point. Yeah, <laughs> just great. kidding. I was listening. But while I was listening, I remembered it. Um, I think there can also be different phases of a project. Sometimes you might want to just try mm -hmm. a bunch of crazy things all at once, kind of like scatter ideas out to the wind. Sure, uh, sure. You've heard maybe the let a thousand flowers bloom. But then mm -hmm. after that, there's eventually some phase where you want to consolidate on some core ideas. And, yeah. and I think that can be a good process to try things out and know that, hey, we, we are going to refactor some of these bad, some of these things that turn out to be bad ideas, we're going to refactor away. But hopefully we'll arrive on a better ends point than if we had just stuck with something without trying anything new. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, a scatter gather. Type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're gonna if you're gonna let a thousand flowers bloom, you're gonna have to prune. Oh yeah, a bunch of those ideas. Yeah, like nine hundred and fifty of them, right? <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my friends is um, kind of leading a I guess a sibling project at the company, and he's in that phase right now. And it's actually really really cool to see where we tried all these crazy things, and now they're kind of uh, consolidating and cleaning up, and it's it's making a big difference in how easy the code is to work with. Cool. Um, my last suggestion is just be a worm tongue and kind of like be the power behind the throne. And, and if you can uh, ensorcel the team lead and manipulate him or her, then that might work too. Put them under your spell. Yeah, yeah. But don't be a jerk about it, like worm tongue. <laughs> well, don't let anybody find out. <laughs> I think it was fine until he was discovered. <laughs> Everything was great yeah. until he was discovered. <laughs> yeah. It's true. So, um, yeah. So, in fact, I, I have found that it can be a really great place to have a lot of influence, but not necessarily have all the responsibility. Oh, it's so good. Like it's so, so good. That's so a good keep point. that in mind you if you're jealous of, of your lead's power. If it fails, you're not on the hook. You just brought the idea up to the team, and then it didn't well, work out. It wasn't out. my fault your idea sucks, team lead. <laughs> it wasn't my fault that you were too foolish to appreciate <laughs> the true majesty of writing everything in in white space uh should we move on to the next question yeah let's do it i'll, I'll read this one this is a short one but i think it, we could talk a lot about it i've got a few stories but yep uh okay so the, the question shortly worded is how do you deal with anger at work and you know i think everyone gets angry uh, occasionally sometimes you're on the receiving end and sometimes you're on the giving end and so we should just explore this and see where we go yeah. What do you What do you think, Jameson? Have you ever been angry? <laughs> one or t one or two times. Um, I think the the first thing to note about this question is there's a difference between um, maybe transient anger and a toxic mm -hmm. environment. And if you work in a place where people are angry all the time, and and one of the accepted methods of communication is just like yelling and oh. insults and stuff. Oh. maybe that's fine for like the military or i don't know there are probably places where that works okay <laughs> boot camp but yeah for me like it's time to pack your bags and move away you are not responsible for fixing that environment uh yeah i agree with that unless you're like the ceo or something um sure sure but if if not just bail like there's nothing that's worth suffering through an environment like that so that's kind of a preface to it so let's put that environment aside and say that you know, no, let's, now let's deal with like the more not insane. Yeah, where, where people are friendly and happy, but there's just some tension going on or something. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a story. Should I tell? Please. 
I was working on a project and it was my first time being a lead of a pretty big project. We had probably like 20 people working on it and I was technical lead for the project on the software side of it. And there was like a more senior team member who was responsible for my project and several others. And since it was my first time, I'd go to him a lot for suggestions on how to proceed. And we were selling products to a customer who required a pretty heavy degree of documentation and process and stuff and rigor. And so um, I had just been in this guy's office and I was talking to him about it and he was like, okay, it looks like you're good. And he was helping me through um, some of the processes and stuff. So right after that meeting I had a, with him, I had a meeting with the whole team. And I sat down and there's about 20 engineers in this room and I'm standing up at the front of the room and I'm saying, okay, we're at the point now where we need to move away from our documentation phase and into like, let's start laying down the code and getting this product built, right? This is a very waterfall company at the time. So it's like, we're done with the design and documentation. Now let's move on. And we really need to move. I, I emphasize that we needed to move out of documentation and into the like coding time. And for whatever reason, this really rubbed this guy wrong, who I just had that meeting with. He came with me into this next meeting. And he stood up in front of everybody and uh, pretty much yelled at me um, in front of the whole team. And it was just, it was so humiliating. And I just felt so stupid because I had just been in his office going over the project plan. And it's like he had all these problems with the project, but he waited to tell me about them until we were in front of everybody instead of, hmm. in, you know, in private. And it was just it was just humiliating. So that's an example of what I would say. Don't do that to people. Yeah. You know, wait. If you have criticism for someone, you're angry at someone, do it privately. Like, you owe it to them to communicate to them, usually, if you, especially if it's serious, but do it in private. Um, and you'll save yourself a lot of hurt. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm still I'm still licking my wounds. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody reacts well to, to public humiliation. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have a story. It's kind of related to the last point, actually, uh, about experimenting with the new ideas and kind of tech choice and stuff like that. So uh, recently at work, we were experimenting. We, we were talking about experimenting with some new front end technology. Um, and, and we talked about it all as a team. There was going to be a small group of people that actually worked on the project using it, but it was part of a larger team. So we kind of got the larger team together and, and talked about it and talked about the pros and cons. There's some downsides, there's some risks, um, but we kind of talked about mitigating those risks and, and whether we thought it was acceptable or not. And we came away with the decision to proceed in kind of an experimental fashion for a few months and, and then reevaluate later on. Uh, and that was going uh, okay. I, th I think it was going pretty well. There were some minor issues, but nothing earth-shattering, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, people that weren't on the project, I, I think had some underlying concerns that they didn't feel like were resolved at that first meeting. So there's kind of not anger, but some, some, uh, I don't know, some, uh, I, I can't think of the word right now. That's just what kind of day just, it is. Just some reservations. Yeah. Some, there some unresolved okay. reservations that kind of kept coming up. Um, so, so partway through this trial period, we ended up having another meeting to resolve those. And we ended up deciding to just scrap the project and, and start over in a new, less risky technology. Okay. And I did not react well to, to that at all. Um, I, I didn't like rage or blow up or anything. Uh, I, I avoid conflict pretty 
as like my primary rule of existence. (laughs) So, so I wouldn't like yell at somebody ever, but I I was so frustrated by that. Until pushed hard enough? Uh, No, I don't, I don't think so. I I would just like pack my bags and move away. Um, (laughs) But I'm out of here. Yeah. But I was so frustrated with the way the decision went down and, and, and so angry about it. And I just like disappeared into my little cubby and put death metal on my headphones and <laughs> did you just kind of fume yeah i did i just fumed for a couple days i didn't get anything done because every time i sat down to write a line of code in the rewrite i was like this is so stupid we we're so much further along it'd be so much better if we use this other thing it was going great it had all these reasons yeah. um and and the team reacted so well uh like they they noticed that i was they're like, where's James? Yeah, why? Why <laughs> can we hear music through his headphones? Yeah. <laughs> I usually and, can't hear the death metal. And then why, like, when I look over his shoulder, is the song called "The Satanist"? That's weird. That's not usually the kind of genre that he listens to. Um, and oh, and so James. people kind of like noticed and and pulled together another meeting where we were able to productively resolve our concerns. And and it, it wasn't ever personal anger. It wasn't like I'm mad at this mm, okay person. Um, so there wasn't that tension of like interpersonal conflict. It was just uh, me being upset at how the situation worked. And then the team responding really well um, by like not, I mean, they they could have been like, man, Jameson's really petty. I hope he gets over it. Or, or they could have ignored yeah, me sure. or they could have, sure. I mean, a lot of different things could have happened, but I feel oh, like yeah, that, that could have gone toxic bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like because the people I work with are, are very nice and are good at the soft skills stuff. They they noticed and then we were able to arrive at, um, I think both a good technical solution and also a good, uh, like interpersonal solution. So there's a lot to be said for um, kind of knowing your team well and paying mm-hmm. attention to their mood and and noticing oh, when yeah 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 decisions uh that you think are resolved aren't actually resolved because that happened a, a few times in in that story and um I think we would have been worse off if we had just never had. The second meeting again, and we would have also been worse off if we never had the third meeting where where everything kind of mm-hmm. got resolved. Mm-hmm. So, I, and good on good on your teammates because sometimes it's really hard to read other people, especially when there's a you know a slightly bigger team, you know five or ten people. It's like pattern matching off each of those people's behavior every day, and then noticing an outlier mm-hmm. that can be really hard. Yeah, you know, so good on them for for noticing. Yep. Yeah. I, I, another thing with that story is <clears throat> when I was mad, I was totally useless i got nothing done uh, for two yeah. days and yeah. some people i think can kind of like rage code um but <laughs> but i i cannot use your anger yeah exactly <laughs> um so so there's a cost to anger beyond just the tension it creates in the yeah. team which is that it it's hard to be a productive uh yeah. member of of the team if you're really upset about something and that can go that can become a vicious cycle right yep yeah because then product- you get you get talked to about not producing and then you probably and you feel even more frustrated yeah. right yep yeah that that's rough mm-hmm. well good on good on your team and good on you now if you could go back and do anything differently do you think you would yeah i think i think part of this was caused by my um aversion to conflict because i i didn't stand up as strongly as i felt and so i kind of just let this decision happen that i disagreed with because i didn't want to uh I, I didn't want to to create tension or conflict which ended up creating more mm. conflict down the road ah yeah paradox yeah so I, th- I think if i had uh stuck to my guns a little more i either would have been I-, I think convinced and actually accepted the solution or i would have <laughs> convinced other people and yeah and then avoided a couple days of of grumpy town 
<laughs> grumpy, de- grumpy death metal town. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I have a story. Please, please share. Uh, two two times in my uh, short and illustrious career, I have yelled at someone at work. Twice. So I'm not not proud to admit this, but I'm going to tell one from about ten years ago. And uh, anyway, this is you. You don't hear a lot of these stories because people don't usually air their dirty laundry like this. But here you go <laughs> on the internet <laughs> For, forever. Uh, f- yeah, fortunately, this is just, you know, our mothers and a few close friends who listen to this. But um, I was on a little project. It was a one-person, one-engineer project. It was me. And then they had a, a manager who was responsible for the finances and the schedule and stuff. And at this particular company, we had a really strange financial incentive system. We were working on billable hours, which means that uh, we charged the customer for every hour of engineering time. And there were sometimes... Uh, I think we called them like uh, money would turn into a pumpkin, which means like there's a time limit on um, how long you had on the calendar before you that money would disappear. So if you didn't burn up the money, uh, then the rest of it would be gone. And so my Wait, manager... So, so warned, you had to bill a certain amount of hours or they wouldn't pay that chunk no, of money? No, 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 no. It, it was more like we have $100,000 to give to your project and you have until June to use it. And if you, whatever you have left when June comes around, we're just going to keep that. Okay. That makes sense. So it's not, it's not a fixed price. It's like, we're going to pay you by the hour, but if you don't spend enough, we're going to take our money back. Sure. It's weird. Okay. This was weird. That sounds like a weird incentive already. (laughs) I can tell you more details later. It is, it's kind of weird. So I was working along, chugging along on this project and the manager comes in and says, I'd like to add so-and-so to the team to help it go faster. And I'm like, no, that will not work. This particular person they wanted to add, would not have gone faster. They were they knew they would have needed a lot of ramp time, um, and I had actually had some bad experiences with this person in the past. And we were late in the project; like we only had a few weeks left. And so it's like there's no way at this late hour adding someone is going to help. Now sometimes it does help, but in this case, I was quite confident that it wouldn't. And the manager pushed on me really hard, like, "Come on, you just got to let this guy join the team. Why aren't you letting him join the team?" And I finally, he just, I cracked and I was like, stop it. Like, I'm not going to let this guy join the team. It's not going to help. You know, and I, I actually raised my voice at him. And uh, when I did that, he, he like backed down immediately. He was a much more senior person and he could see that I was uh, not in a good place emotionally. And so he walked, he basically walked away at that point And I felt, I felt pretty bad, but not as bad as I felt the next day when he came and apologized Ooh. to me. <laughs> and he said, he basically said, I'm sorry. I understand where you're coming from. And I was like, oh my gosh, have you ever had someone apologize to you, Jameson? And you're like, no, no, no. I'm the one who's <laughs> apologizing. Many times. Yeah. And so it's one of those where I was just totally humbled. I felt so bad um, about yelling and... And it was just dumb, but I was so angry and he was pushing and I didn't understand this broken incentive system at the time. I was really junior, you know, like to me, I was like, I want to build a great product and have it done on time. And to him, he was like, I want to get this money or we're not going to get it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, both of us didn't understand each other. And so the result was anger. So I'd say, if you're ever really angry at someone, take a moment and really try to understand their motivation. And this can be hard, but until you do, you're going to just be mad because you're going to think, you can just think, oh, this person's just dumb, right? Like they're doing dumb stuff. Or or even worse than that, you can ascribe to them some uh, some kind of manipulative motivation. Yeah, like, like foul play, Yeah, like right? they are trying to make themselves look better for a promotion. or And sometimes or that's something. the case, and that might not be a bad thing. But, but you could be totally wrong. 
Yeah, exactly. So, and I was like, I just had no, I-, I actually just had no idea what this guy was talking about. He just so. wanted to make your day bad. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this guy just hates me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's very unlikely that someone just hates you, right? I, I think a, an interesting common thread in in those stories, well, in, in the two, I guess, successful anger resolution stories are, um, kind of kind and empathetic teammates mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. are willing to solve the anger problem and and maybe that's where the solution comes from that if if you are angry or if you're working with someone else that's angry someone needs to kind of step up and and be humble and and figure yeah. out what's actually going on and apologize if you need to even if you're not convinced that you're wrong i mean someone kind of needs to diffuse the situation because yeah. it won't yeah. resolve itself well on its yes. own yeah, exactly. Like the natural inclination, the inertia will take it to a bad place. Yeah, and even if you someone... you kind of calm down or the other person kind of calms down, there's still that kind of lingering resentment yep. that will stick around if it's not yeah, fixed. Yeah, and you have to just step in and say, I'm going to cut this off. Yep. And so I, I would say that the advice that I would give people in this situation, which is not advice that I have taken myself very well because it's hard, is when you feel yourself getting angry, try to step out of the situation and stop and think about the other person's perspective and try to figure out what their motivation is and make that your challenge instead of saying like, how can I win the anger match? You know, you say, how can I understand them? And I think you'll find it. It's a lot easier to resolve these conflicts. It doesn't always work. Yeah. <laughs> I've had, I've had a couple, of, I've had one other instance where I'm like, I just, I, I tried and tried and tried and it just couldn't get it to work out, but, but it can. Uh, I think the other solution or the other takeaway we've had is that you yelled at somebody and you got your way. So <laughs> problem solved. <Yeah. laughs> the volume of your voice is key. <laughs> it's, I mean, I say that in jest, obviously, because the 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 benefit of getting your way does not outweigh the cost of of using anger yes. to get your way. Like long yes, term, that's win. that's going to kill your yep. team, and you'll win the battle, you'll lose the war yep. doing that. Somebody you'll quit or you'll get fired or some a bunch of other people quit or yeah yeah it won't it won't work out well the ripple effects yep well that's all i have for that jameson do you have anything else uh no i think that's about all i got well i've got some announcements please uh soft skills engineering is on twitter we are a real grown-up podcast you can find us at soft skills eng we'll be posting links to shows as they become available there and we are on iTunes, uh, which means if you are on an iDevice, you can just go to the podcast app and search for Soft Skills Engineering, and we will come up. Um, and I suspect for Android users, you might be able to also search using your podcast app of choice. Yeah, iTunes is often used as a kind of directory for other podcast apps, even if they're on Android or not associated with Apple at all. So we should show up on most podcast apps now. All right. That's all I had. So, Jameson, how can people get in touch with us if they would like us to answer one of their questions? Uh, I think we should ask them to tweet it at Soft Skills Engineering. That okay. seems like a good way. Or tweet. if you don't like that, just tweet at either Dave or I. Um, I'm yeah. Jergason on Twitter, J-E-R-G-A-S-O-N. And I'm DJ Smith 42 on Twitter. And again, you can tweet us at Soft Skills E-N-G on Twitter as well. So you said that thing about iTunes, but you didn't say the traditional second part, which is, if you like the show, be sure to subscribe <laughs> and give us a rating. Uh, people, I don't actually, 
I don't actually know where to see said ratings. So <laughs> um, I think they affect your ranks in oh, in okay. the different categories. So if more people subscribe and rate you, then you get a higher rank, which means more people listen. And uh, as you can tell, we've got zero sponsors, so that won't affect our lives at all. But we just want people to yeah. listen to the show. Yeah, and then let us know if we can help. And, uh, you know, if there's any questions you have, we would love to answer them. Yep. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everybody. See ya.